the tragic fall. You come into Genesis 3, the third chapter of the Bible, and really there's only been three characters in the Bible so far. You've got God, you've got Adam, and you've got his wife. That's it. But when you come into the third chapter of the Bible, you're introduced immediately to the fourth character. It's an interesting character. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And, and so we're drawn to this serpent. We're like, why are we being drawn to a serpent? It's interesting that he's more crafty. Is that good or bad? It's kind of unclear. You know, it could be good, could be bad, but it's a little suspicious maybe that he's so crafty. I wonder what the serpent's going to be like. Well, if you think it's an interesting serpent to start with, you read the next verse or the next line and it says, He, the serpent, said to the woman, Did God actually say? And you're like, what in the world is going on with this? Why would the serpent speak? How could the serpent speak? But it's not just that. It's what the serpent says. That is so compelling, so arresting for our attention. Did God actually say? Now, in the very good beginning, everything was perfect, but God did give one command, and it was a good command. He told, the, he told Adam and his wife not to eat from one particular tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We're not really sure why. He said, don't eat from it. God is God. He can tell us what to do. But now the serpent comes in and he says to the woman, did God actually say, don't eat anything from in here? And the woman's like, no, no, no. God just said, don't eat from the one. Don't touch it or you'll die. And the serpent begins to push on the woman and push on what God has said. So in Genesis chapter 3, the serpent says to the woman, you will not surely die completely rejecting, now not just casting doubt on the word of God, but actually saying God's word is wrong. You will not surely die. In fact, God doesn't want you to eat from that tree because God doesn't want you to be like him, which is ironic because it is the woman who is in the image of God, not the serpent. But the serpent is saying God doesn't want you to be like him, and that's why he has forbidden that tree from you. And so the woman starts to look. She starts to think of how good the fruit looks. She starts to long for it. She starts to be led astray by the serpent's words. The, the man, Adam, he, he maybe he seems like he's around. He's not doing anything to stop this. And she reaches out and she takes from it. She rebels. She gives to her husband who was with her. He eats. And in that instant, they, they have rebelled against their king. They have aligned themselves with the enemy of the king against their good king who loved them and made them and had fellowship with them. And immediately they feel something they've never felt before. They feel shame. They know their nakedness. They feel guilty and, and they want to hide. They feel the need to cover themselves. And when God comes down to walk and talk with them as he would normally do, they, they sense something that they've never sensed before. They, they sense a fear of God where they do not want to be near God. They want to be far from God, and so they hide themselves away from the presence of the Lord. Their relationship, their fellowship with God has been broken, has been lost, but God doesn't want to leave it there. So God comes looking for them. They're not looking for Him. God's looking for them. God comes to them and and. And it says, what, what's happened? And, and Adams tells God that he, they're hiding. 
because they're naked. And, and God says, who told you? Did you eat? Adam blames the woman. So God goes to the woman. The woman blames the serpent. And God then speaks. And at this point, we don't really know what God's going to do. I mean, we've never had a, an encounter in the Bible with where God is dealing with rebellious people. What will he do? In response, well, God speaks to the serpent. He curses the serpent. He speaks to the woman. He pronounces a curse on her. There's going to be division between the man and the woman. She's going to have pain and childbearing. And God speaks to the man and curses him and the ground because of him. And, and man's going to die, return to the dust of the ground, and life's going to be really hard. These are the consequences of our rebellion. This is the explanation for the chaos, the sorrow, the sadness, the sin that's in the world today. It's what happened here in the tragic fall. But in the midst of these curses, God provides one line of blessing in Genesis 3, 15. And what God says to the serpent, God's enemy, who's led the people in rebellion against God, God pronounces to the serpent that God will raise up an offspring from the woman and that the offspring of the woman will be in constant conflict with the offspring of the serpent. But one day the offspring of the woman, though that offspring will be hurt by the serpent, though the serpent will strike at the heel of this offspring, the offspring will crush the serpent's head. What does that mean? We're not sure at this point in the story of the Bible, but it seems like good news. And the, and the man and the woman need good news. And all that good news is centered in her having a son, offspring, who will be able to crush the serpent. And what would that mean? Maybe it would mean they could go back to the way things used to be. Do they pick it up? Do they sense the hope in these promises? We'll see you next time.